Did you see your foot then? All right, the other leg now. Let's go. One, two, three, four. One, two, up, down. Well, you might as well jump. The instruction and advice presented are not intended as a substitute for medical counseling, but we want you to move your ass here at WCBN. Weekdays, excluding Friday, from 6 to 6.30. Let's get some more Richard Simmons. Wow, inhale, blow it out. Boy, does that ever get the blood circulating. Well, uh, good evening. It's a little after 6.30 p.m., and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And it's Republican Convention Week. Uh, inconvenient that a hurricane is uh, in the Gulf of Mexico as we speak, uh, scaring off those cowboys. <coughs> I don't know how many of them... Brought their high waters with them, but hopefully they can sport them uh, tomorrow. The convention has officially been opened, but uh, was then recessed for the day. So we're only going to get three days of the... uh, What a relief. (laughs) Of the show. And, of course, the features of the show are going to be Ann Romney, uh, Paul Ryan, with uh, Ron Paul offstage, so to speak, but uh, also playing a bit of a starring role, and of course, Willard Mitt Romney. If Mitt Romney was running under the name Willard, I I don't think he'd be going anywhere. (laughs) But that is his name. I don't know if Willard is an archangel from Mormon theology. It's a rat from a 70s movie, right? Ben, call me Willard. (laughs) Willard, don't call me Ben. Ben, I want to be with you tonight. Or however that song goes. Yeah, that was a a legendary cult horror movie. I think there were two of them, weren't there? Yeah, Willard and then Ben was the... Yeah, Ben and... The Surviving Rats. The the Surviving Rats, yes. Well, the rats will inherit the universe, I'm sure, at some point here on planet Earth. Uh, Willard Mitt Romney, yes. Um, Conventions, of course, have become somewhat obsolete in the American um, way of doing politics, really, since we went to these direct primaries. Mm -hmm. Uh, These, of course, used to be smoke-filled room deals, backroom deals. That all sort of started to change in the late 60s. And, of course, the 1968 convention was pretty much a disaster for the Democratic Party for all sorts of reasons uh, there in Chicago. With the uh, Richard Daly, who was a Democrat, uh, police uh, bashing the heads of many, many war protesters who were... And passers-by and journalists. Yeah, yeah. just people in general. uh, The thugs couldn't distinguish the... uh, Well, nobody was really breaking the law except the police. But uh, Richard Daly, of course, played a uh, smoke-filled room back role in many of the Democratic... uh, conventions before well, 1968 yeah, and in 72 his influence was still felt as i'm working my way through hunter thompson's great fear and loathing on the campaign trail 72 <laughs> muskie was sure that because he had all the big name democrats you know locked up as supporters that he would be the candidate 
but alas, as you say, this uh, uh, process of the convention system being obsolete was well underway by 72. And of course, uh, just uh, Muskie was doomed. Do a little homage to uh, Gore Vidal regarding Muskie uh, from the infamous Bremer, Wallace, and Hunt New York Review of Books, December 13th, 1973. He writes in an AP story this summer, and I read this a couple weeks ago, but I'll read it again. Former CIA official Miles Copeland is reported to have said that senior agency officials are convinced. Senator Ed Muskie's damaging breakdown during the presidential campaign last year was caused by convicted Watergate conspirator E. Howard Hunt or his linchpins spiking his drink with a sophisticated form of LSD. Ibogaine is, of course, what uh, Hunter Thompson speculates that it might have been. Yeah, he has a lot of uh, discussions about Ibogaine. And, of course, this was a... uh, sort of ad hominem attacks um, by the Manchester Guardian uh, back then on Ed Muskie. I think at one point they even called him a Canuck (laughs) for good measure. It was from Maine, so it's border state there. Border state there and Muskie. Actually, the the so-called weeping incident, I think, was exacerbated by the fact that he was kind of out in a wet snowstorm that might have affected... uh, the appearance thereof but i noticed paul ryan cried freely a couple of weeks ago on the campaign trail well times have changed and paul ryan i suppose uh <clears throat> on one level at least is comfortable with showing emotion it's it's much more common for men to allow themselves to do that mm-hmm. uh these days uh, uh, you know compared to like muskie's generation um <clears throat> but uh, i still am convinced that much of paul ryan is is acting uh, show. Yeah, he puts on a good show, and he's good at it, and I think that that's one of the problems with uh, the Romney narrative this year. Uh, most of the mainstream media has focused on his omissions and his vagueness, and I think that what we'll see this week is a is the story, the narrative that he's been promoting. We're going to hear lots about the Olympics, very little about Bain Capital. I think he's going to abandon the uh, that he's a jobs creator uh, notion because that's been pretty much exposed as completely fraudulent. Uh, nothing about his inconsistencies and certainly nothing about the impact of his fiscal policies, which can only be characterized as a disaster. Or his health policies as governor of Massachusetts. Which he is now suddenly in the warmer version of Mitt Romney embracing as a success. Okay. that over the weekend. That's going to be and a hard sell in Tampa. Of course, he was photographed flip, flipping pancakes with his grandson. I don't know if the pancakes flopped on the griddle, but <laughs> I don't know if Mitt Romney flipping was... Flipping and a flopping. <laughs> flopping pancakes. <laughs> but uh, Paul Ryan, I've noticed, has been promoting the fact that he flipped burgers in high school where he worked at McDonald's for probably uh, a summer or two to make some probably, you know, gas money for right. his... Uh, well, lots of us did that. His, uh, yeah, and this doesn't make him a working man because uh, he's uh, pretty much spent his whole life uh, working in the political arena, which is why he is a polished Paul. And as I noticed a couple uh, noted a couple weeks ago, I think the big losers within the Republican Party with the elevation of Paul Ryan are Sarah Palin and Marco Rubio, because this guy is obviously now going to be the torchbearer of the future. Uh, since Mitt Romney is uh, <clears throat> trying to obscure the past with stories, omissions, disinformation, myths, and, well, 
outright lies. Useful, by the way, to refer uh, earlier this year, of course, in any political year, there are a lot of books that come out about political candidates. Some of them are written by friendly sources, as they say. Some are written by legitimate journalists, and some are even written by the candidates themselves. But a very useful uh, review of a couple of the more important Mitt Romney books came out in the February 23rd, 2012 edition of the New York Review of Books. And I wanted to highlight a couple of these things because I think this is uh, where we learn quite a lot about Mitt Romney. Uh, this uh, review by Michael Tomaski, who's one of the New York Review of Books sort of political bigwigs at this point, uh, talk about uh, Mitt Romney uh, uh, and his... Uh, in contrast to the GOP convention in St. Paul in 2008, Romney's party took a number of positions completely at odds with those he had taken as governor on abortion, gay rights, stem cell research, and other matters, and adopted other extremist rallying cries like the infamous Drill Baby Drill chant that thundered uh, maniacally, I was there, through the hall when Sarah Palin spoke. Interesting this past week that Mitt Romney, of course, promoted the Drill Baby Drill policy for energy, uh, claiming that wind and solar and renewables need to stand on their own two feet. So he's in favor of offshore oil drilling uh, in the Arctic um, Ocean, in the uh, Alaska Arctic Re Wildlife Refuge, and bizarrely off the coast of uh, the Atlantic Ocean. You'd think that with the hurricanes that go through that area, you'd wouldn't want to be putting oil derricks uh oh i don't know uh <laughs> off the coast of the atlantic ocean we, we'll, we'll figure that out later when something terrible happens yeah can't wait for that uh first spill and certainly there will be spills the oil industry covers up the number of spills globally and of course they continue to contaminate the environment mitt romney by the way in this oil, uh, energy independence thing made a remarkable claim he claimed that we would be he first said we'd be in independently energy-free by 2020. Then he quickly re reversed himself and said North America will be energy independent. Well, Mexico and Canada already are, dude. That's where we get <laughs> over 40% of our oil. We don't actually get that much oil from the Middle East. No, not That's at all. That's a myth. Now, we do buy oil from Saudi Arabia. And as we've noted down here, Mitt Romney, I, I often wonder where the guy studied economics because he seems to be <laughs> well I, i'm sure he's a, a advocate of friedman and hayek but i wonder if he understands the contemporary oil uh, market gl the global market that's uh, important he of course is promoting the alberta tar sands go tar <laughs> we of course know that that's uh, some of the dirtiest uh, fossil fuel available on the planet requires an inordinate quantities of HTH2O to produce and quite a lot of carbon emissions to even create. Yeah. At uh, the yeah. end of the day, H2O is the more uh, valuable fluid. And, of course, the Alaboster, I may be mispronouncing that, uh, watershed is one of the biggest in the world in an area of Canada uh, greater than the size of Vermont is already seriously polluted from the Alberta tar sands. So this North American uh, correction that he made on that, 
uh, demonstrates that he doesn't actually know too much about the oil situation here in the United States. Of course, he's got his facts wrong on other things. Uh, oil production is actually up under Obama. Uh, you can give Dick Cheney a, a pat on the back for that a little bit. But the question is, why do we want to be uh, producing oil at greater quantities anyway? Uh, we should be going to more electric cars and more renewable energy, period. Yeah, it's it's been known for a while now. It's time to start figuring out what's next and to head there. And yes, uh, solar and wind are subsidized, but uh, oil and fossil fuels are subsidized. And when I hear Mitt Romney uh, extolling the virtues of coal... Uh, I know that he's uh, living in the 20th century, if not the 19th. Uh, Tomaski uh, continues with some of uh, Romney's other odd problems. Uh, of course, um, Bain and Company, uh, which he won't talk about this week, guaranteed, specialized in venture capital, especially essentially straightforward investing, private equity leveraged buyouts, the LBO scandals of the 1880s, they simply changed their name. It's now called private equity. And the firm scour the landscape for struggling companies, bid to restructure them, load them with debt in the form of borrowed bonds or notes from banks or hedge funds and acquire them. Private equity firms invest very little of their own money. They take advantage of key tax loopholes that permit them to deduct from their taxes the interest that they pay on the money they've borrowed to finance the purchase. The company may sink or swim. It might sink. It will almost certainly shed resources, which often means laying people off. The harsher the restructuring, in some cases, the better the private equity firm stands to do. And since the profits come in the form of capital gains for partners, they are taxed at a much lower rate than income, just 15% as opposed to 35%. Mitt, just a couple of weeks ago, Demitley boasted that he had paid at least 13% in taxes. What a guy. Of course, his tax uh, returns are unavailable, but they indicate serious uh, manipulation of foreign tax loopholes to minimize tax liability. Numerous bank offshore bank accounts in uh, what I call the Bermuda Triangle of Switzerland, the Cayman Islands, and Bermuda itself... All mysterious stuff, and Mitt Romney isn't talking. Why would he? He's got stories to tell. Bain, according to Romney, created more than 100,000 jobs. Then he revised that downward to tens of thousands, then to thousands. <laughs> then ten. Before it spiked up <laughs> in a January 16th debate to 120,000. Um, so... Even if there were 120,000 jobs over created uh, over 12 years created, that's not very impressive. Job creator, uh, that's a subject for serious debate. But I don't see how uh, Romney can claim uh, that as a credential. Uh, it works well, of course, with the uh, the capitalists, the uh, laissez-faire capitalist amongst us. But the mere fact that they're Using other people's money and risking very little of their own suggests that they're not even 
risk takers, which is another interesting phrase that's entered the political lexicon this year. Right. And why that sort of enterprise is given such a favorably light uh, tax burden uh, as opposed to the actual creation of materials or goods or services uh, is grotesque on its face. And, of course, one of Romney's interesting flip-flops was in 2007, he did uh, refuse to sign the Grover Norquist anti-tax pledge of 2002, but uh, then um, quickly reversed himself and signed up, uh, which, of course, gets back to some of his other problems. Romney's proposed tax cut, writes the Washington Post, and I'm quoting Tomaski again here, as reclined is roughly three times the size of George Bush's 2000 proposal. It is far more regressive. It would actually raise taxes on many working class people, which Bush did not do. And it would add to the deficit a hefty $600 billion. That according to uh, Ezra Klein's article that appeared in the Washington Post on the 17th of January, uh, 2012. Likewise, Jonathan Cohn of the New Republic found that Romney's proposed budget would cut at least 14% and as perhaps as much as 25% from every domestic program on top of the tax cuts that are already slated to go into effect. Um, and... Of course, he had he adopted the uh, at a certain point the Paul Ryan uh, budget plan. Hence, Paul Ryan being on the tis- on the ticket. As for some of Romney's other astonishing claims that have been part of his stump speech over the summer, it's interesting to note that Timothy Egan, in the seventeenth uh, of June edition of the New York Times, notes that uh, you have to go back to Dwight Eisenhower more than 50 years ago to find a rate of federal spending growth lower than that that occurred under the Obama administration. So we're going to hear a lot of mythology and basically outright lies about government spending under Obama. Um, Romney, at one point, uh, had this to say. Um, He said... uh, In Romney's view, quoting Egan again, these public servants are dishonorable and may be even less American. He said, quote, we have 145,000 more government workers under this president, Romney said in Colorado last month. Quote, let's send them back home and put you back to work. Again, this is simply not true. Under Obama, public sector employment has fallen by 600,000 workers. Obama has tried to increase these roles, adding teachers, cops, and firefighters under federal grants used uh, for the last 50 years, but has been stymied by Congress that wants to end his presidency by sabotaging the economy. So we'll hear Romney talking about uh, the jobs thing. Well, the jobs have been cut, and uh, it's interesting, as Paul Krugman notes uh, in a column back in March, Um, regarding the uh, employment, he writes, overall employment in the Obama administration has been held back by mass layoffs of school teachers and other state and local government employees. But private sector employment has recovered almost all the ground uh, lost in the administration's early months. That compares favorably with the Bush era. 
as of March 2004, private sector employment was still 2.4 million below when it was when Mr. Bush took office. Oh, and where have those mass layoffs of school teachers been taking place? Largely in states controlled by the GOP. 70% of public sector job losses have either been in Texas or in states where Republicans recently took control of the state government. Yeah, so what some people would call wasteful government spending, others would recognize as the basic components of society itself. So it's startling, uh, to say the least. And, of course, we'll hear a lot about the failed stimulus. That also is false. Uh, Any uh, graph will show that the stimulus worked to some degree. It might have worked better uh, if uh, it had been more robust. In fact, it's interesting to note that the Chinese government uh, had twice the stimulus uh, relative to GDP that the United States did in response to the uh, recession that started in 2007 when George Bush was president. So indeed, uh, Obama inherited economic problems, but uh, it's not like the Republicans have (laughs) been helping him out at all. Uh, They've been throwing gasoline on the fire. Uh, and uh, screaming fire in a crowded theater, from what I can tell. Uh, As for the uh, vague details regarding Mr. Romney's other proposals, it's interesting that a public uh, uh, New York Times editorial back on the 6th of uh, December of last year, when uh, Romney was actually not... Well, there weren't any primaries yet, and he was uh, flat or declining in the polls. This was back in the... uh, in the in the era of uh and it it was an era <laughs> it was an era of clowns that were Herman Cain and his brief ascendancy yeah. to the pinnacle of yeah we had Bachman we had we had Cain and then of course Newt the Newtster and Newt was challenging Mitt at this point in the polls in fact I think he surpassed him right around this time uh inconvenient for Newt though there was a uh large chunk of establishment Republicans, mainly living in Washington, D.C., that decided he would be an unsuitable standard-bearer of the Republican Party. So Newt was promptly swift-boated on a variety of issues, and, of course, Newt made plenty of his own mistakes in the process. I understand that Professor Gingrich is holding court this week. Uh, He has seminars on, on government and fiscal policy and all sorts of uh, jolly good things so uh, stay tuned to the uh, the cliff notes i'm sure they're <laughs> fascinating <laughs> but uh, the, the, it's interesting where uh, the new york times criticizes mitt romney's uh, they basically say his fiscal plan never tells voters the true cost of cutting both spending and taxes at no point does Mitt Romney deal with uh, what every reliable budget projection concludes. Without new revenues, it'll be impossible to cope with an aging population and infrastructure or with the needs of those that are being left behind as the income gap widens. Details are in short supply. For example, his plan supports passage of the 10-year House budget resolution written by Paul Ryan, uh, not yet VP uh, nominee with the hard cap on spending at 20% of GDP. 
but it never says what the House plan contains. Here's a reminder. It would cut food stamps by $127 billion. It would remove millions of people from the rolls during a downturn and cut these benefits for those that remain. Two-fifths of Mr. Ryan's cuts affect low-income programs like Pell Grants, housing subsidies, and Medicaid. That's never mentioned by Mitt Romney, who insists about talking about big cuts to tiny programs that are wildly unpopular with the party base, like the National Endowment of Arts, family planning, and foreign aid. Of course, he would repeal health care reform, which he claims would save $96 billion, but would actually raise the deficit by $124 billion in just the first decade. Mr. Romney's Medicaid plan would turn the program back to block grants to the states that would simply shift costs to struggling states. Mr. Romney wants to cap the federal contribution at a level far less than the currently projected increase in costs and dump the differences on the states. By his campaign's calculation, the block grant system would cut federal costs by more than a trillion dollars between 2013 and 2021. Many states would have to restructure enrollment benefits or etc. Mr. Romney's plan for Medicare are too vague to even evaluate. You know what it sounds a lot like is uh, reminiscent of Grover Norquist's old uh, comment that he probably regrets having said out loud about, I don't want to shrink the size of government down, and I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm -hmm. We just want to strangle the baby. Strangle the baby. Strangle the baby. And this is what this uh, approach will do, is render the government incapable of doing what governments are supposed to do. Take care of the societies that give rise to them and uh that's not the republican agenda however yeah and it will be interesting to see how successfully they obscure this agenda uh, we will hear a lot about debt uh of course the federal debt has been uh, essentially structural since ronald reagan took over when he basically cut uh the high rates uh on upper income people down to 28 percent and ratcheted up military spending. Ratcheted up military spending, which, by the way, uh, for some reason Mitt Romney wants to do. I'm not too sure where or why we need to increase military spending when we're spending more than the rest of the industrialized world combined. But it's uh, quite clear from uh, the facts that even the Wall Street Journal, in a uh, letter that was published from Mary Miller, Assistant Secretary for Financial Markets, U.S. Treasury Department, uh, wrote in a letter to the editor. Uh, unfortunately, I omitted getting the date on this, but it uh, it was definitely back in the in the fall. I mean, in the spring, when she notes that uh, the Obama administration contributed about twelve percent of the cumulative deficit. Most of the deficit was racked up under Ronald Reagan and H. W. Bush. Uh, excuse me, George W. Bush, uh, not under H.W. Bush. Uh, in fact, what's fascinating about all of this information about taxes and deficits and whatnot, I definitely want to recommend this new Bruce Bartlett book uh, about uh, the history of taxes in America because it's very useful. It gives the facts. It's got charts. It's got the numbers. And this uh, book is entitled The Benefit and the burden tax reform, why we need it, and what it will take. Of course, it's a forward-looking book to some extent, 
He's talking about the future, but he's also talking about the structural deficits that the Republican Party simply cannot address when it adopts Grover Norquist's no new taxes policy. And the, the, the notion, by the way, that Medicare, the Republican Party has been lying about Social Security for decades. Uh, that, that, that's easily fixable, even if it were in some sort of eminent financial crisis. Paul Ryan, of course, is now promoting himself as a savior of Medicare. Uh, he wants to save Medicare by essentially privatizing it for people under the age of 55, thereby assuring, by the way, ironically, that the people who voted for the politicians that created these massive deficits get their benefits and nobody else does. But even Medicare is fixable with uh, m minor adjustments to the tax code. The real question is not who's responsible for debts, deficits, etc., and the spending and the tax rates and tax reform. Sure, I think that's a great idea. But the question is, how much government do Americans want, and what are we willing to pay for it? It's that simple. And that's the kind of candid, honest discussion that's needed. And uh, returning to the guarantee did not happen. Yeah, and returning to the gold standard, which is another thing that was thrown into the mix over the weekend is another total catastrophe. Uh, Mitt Romney doesn't know what he's talking about here. This, of course, is in the GOP a Republican plank. Apparently, it's a sort of a bone that they're throwing to the Ron Paul people. Um, it's total idiocy. It would increase inflation massively, and the United States' financial well-being would be based on its ability to find gold. Where? Is this another drill, baby, drill? I don't know. Well, it would put China and India well ahead of us. Yeah, and, and they, they don't understand that the gold reserves, America doesn't come out quite as well. The very reason that America has weathered this financial global catastrophe better than other uh, countries is we print money. Money is simply a promise to pay. It's a means of exchange. It's not the end of the world that we use paper money. All the gold in the world, as Warren Buffett points out, can't fit into a football stadium. So how on earth is a global economy with 7 billion people and growing going to function with a gold standard? You're going to carry little nuggets of gold around with you to buy uh, beer? Think about it. It's, 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 it's ludicrous. It's an idiotic idea that uh, was thrown out with the bathwater uh, many decades ago. <laughs> For good reason. And it appeals to nostalgia, I guess. Maybe Nordic myths. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's that Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> that's uh, false populism. Leprechauns. Yeah. There must be gold. Sure, and don't you know? Look at the rainbow there. This big hurricane that's coming in. It's going to have a great big rainbow with a pot of gold on either end. Exactly. It's idiocy. Um, and of course, we don't know exactly how much gold China and India have. Um, there numbers and their revelations to the IMF are not forthcoming. So it's a crazy idea, but it sounds good to some people who don't quite understand why the Federal Reserve was created in the first place. It was created because of various economic banking crises that went on from 1873 to 1907, the so-called Gilded Age, the uh, age of the railroad barons and the trusts and the kind of economy that the Republicans are pining for. They're pining for the fjords. 
of child labor and a six-day work week. Yeah, and it was created also because the Bank of England had sort of collapsed as an international financial entity due to the declining uh, prospects of the jolly old good British Empire, which of course... Well, the massive costs incurred in supporting and maintaining such a overinflated system. Yeah, and ironically, the, the Federal Reserve was created during the Taft administration, William Howard Taft. It was not created by radical people in the American government. It was created to deal with the problem that we had deregulated banking. We had fly-by-night banking uh, entities throughout the United States that could not guarantee deposits and would, you know, sink or swim based on droughts. And commodity prices. 